This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to XOXO Horror. We've been on a very lengthy sabbatical, but we had an exciting opportunity to come back and speak with detained director Julia DeCorno. I'm Joe Lipset, and I was happy to be joined by Valeska. Say hello, Valeska. Hello, Valeska. <laughs> so we had a brief 10-minute opportunity to speak with the director, Valeska came up with a couple of banger questions. I added in a couple of softball questions. And you're about to hear what Julia DeCorno had to say. And folks, this doesn't have a ton of spoilers in it, but we do recommend that you see the film before you listen. Okay, I think Valeska's got the first question. So the film is full of some really striking images and plot points. I was just wondering about the process of writing the story. Did you start with a particular scene or image and kind of like work from there? After a long process of connecting the dots between various desires that take like they took many months, uh, I think like the first thing I came up with might have been the last one. And then coming from that, but also like knowing the intentions I, I had in there, you know, it's not just the image of the scene or anything. It's just like really the feeling that I wanted to convey for the audience to live with, you know, um, when they leave the room and this form like, you know, of, Let's say, um, yeah, um, sheer, let's say, romantic optimism about the fact that that a new world and a new humanity was possible and that it was actually somehow be stronger because it's more monstrous, but because that monstrosity is born in love. You know what I mean? It's like when at the end, I don't want to spoil too much. So it's hard for me not to pronounce the word, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I, I had this thing, I had, I had this need for light basically at the end of my film and going from that, I walked all my way back 180 to the beginning, which had to start in deep darkness and deep rejected rejection of humanity, annihilation of humanity, violence, so that I could um, have a start to build a character who would like, you know, uh, little by little in the film, get closer to her humanity and closer to her emotions. But for this to happen, then she had to be devoid of this at the start. It was a fascinating journey. We both love the film, by the way. Thank you. Um, you created so many emotionally complex scenes with little to no dialogue. Could you maybe talk a little bit about your less is more approach and why you chose dance as a mode of expression? Well, for me, it was fairly natural, to be honest. I mean, once once I decided, as I just said, that I would put love at the center of my film, that's something that was a huge challenge for me. Like, I really doubted that I was able to do that. It's hard for me to talk about love, especially when we're talking about love as, um, let's say, a mean to just like escape any form of representation or any form of social construct. And just as a way to be present, for someone who is as present to you, but beyond anything they represent, you know? And so talking about that, 
is it's hard with words because for me I feel that words kind of belittle that feeling somehow. Words don't get you through the essence of that feeling. They don't get you through the barriers of um, um, of gender, of again of representation and all. You know, it's really it's something that can for me belittle that feeling. So I knew from the start that there would not be a lot of words in my film. And obviously that Je T'aime was gonna be maybe the most important one for my main character, uh, knowing that she's absolutely unable to express it as the start of the film. And so coming from that, basically I fairly naturally came to a character who was gonna be almost constantly silent, but for a very like clear reason that if she opens her mouth then she's busted pretty much. So, um, so that was very, like, for me, a good way to really start to um, uh, apprehend actually how two people can, in almost an animal way, can like sniff each other and confront each other and hate each other. And, and at the same time, the fact that they go in physical contact constantly uh, in an animal way, it makes us bond. It makes them. It makes them closer somehow. It's really all about their bodies being stuck together in that apartment, and him trying to pull her towards him, and her trying to like escape that. Obviously, so that's the the approach of less is more is something that was fairly honestly like logical in the narrative of my film. I think. Uh, as far as dancing is, con- is concerned, again, very natural to me. Like if you have like characters who can't speak and yet that you need to you know uh, try to create a bond in between well I think that dancing is a very very natural way of establishing a dialogue between two bodies in between two people you know you don't need more words than that you don't need more words than someone who pulls you to a form of dance floor and then you don't want to go and then you start fighting and all that and and the look that they give each other this defying look constantly and then afterwards they become looks of complicity or love and stuff like all this don't need words you just need to you just need to look at the screen and i think that there is also between dancing uh in the dancing there is an immediacy between my characters and the audience because you take it like you take the feeling right away you don't even intellectualize it like you would do with words you know you just take it physically and you embrace uh, what they're going through physically so that's why i think i use so much dancing it's really it's a real language It was so effective. Thank you. So building on that question and talking about the relationship that you have as a director with your actors, your films are often highlighted for having a very scary level of body horror and violence. And I'm wondering, how do you work with actors to solicit performances that feel genuine, but are really scary and uncomfortable to watch? Like, how do you work with actors to get those kinds of results? Well, I think two things. Also because there is, it goes with, also because there is like nudity in my film a lot, even though it's not sexualized, it's still nudity, you know, you have to shoot it. Mm-hmm. One thing is that I really try to constantly establish a secure and safe place for my actors uh, to be able to move in their body, move with their prosthetics and all that without um, feeling, you know, self-conscious. I understand, let's say, that it's a very big a surrendering that I require from them. This is something that I do not take lightly at all. And I think that in return, my duty 
is to assure that they are never uneasy and that I will always, let's say, um, stand by my words, knowing that, for example, I don't do playbacks on, uh, on shoots and I don't watch the rushes, so no one does, which means that we are just all going forward together. For me, it's an energy that's very important. But when it comes to certain scenes that are either violent or imply nudity or both, I always tell them exactly what I'm going to shoot, what part of their body we're going to see. And if they're not comfortable with the part of the body, I will not shoot it. And I will never betray that word. I think this is something that is essential when you require such a surrender from them. Okay. That's great to hear because you're right. There is a huge amount of nudity in this film, but you don't want the actors to go through that. No. I feel like you may have talked about this at other points, but I'm curious. I've noticed that you have a certain amount of resistance to labeling your films as horror. So you often talk about them as coming of age films. Uh, you've mentioned the word romance a number of times. Is there something that you don't like about the label? Is it a semantic issue or is it just that you feel like it's not the best descriptor? No, I just I just don't want to label my films like period basically. Okay. So when you hear me talking about like coming of age and romance or whatever, I'm kind of messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, you know, believe it or not, I never pitched my film. Okay. Titan. I never pitched it. One, because I don't think I could uh, pitch it in a way that would really uh, convey the experience that I tried to um, create. And two, because I really don't see why I should, to be honest. You see, I, I, what, what can I say? Do I use the grammar of body horror? Yes. Do I use the grammar of comedy? Yes. Thriller? Yes. Drama? Yes. Oh, I think let's say it's, it's fair to say that. That's what I use. I have no problem people saying there is body horror in my film. However, it's not a body horror through and through. I have no problem saying people saying there are comedic aspects to my film, which is completely true. But it's not a comedy, though. And, and so on. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. for me, I try to divert the codes of all these typologies of film, and I try to make them mine. I try to digest them my own way. I'm trying just to create my own language. And my own language so happens that is ending, intertwining many things, but also trying to, um, again, break the boundaries between all these typologies of film. I don't see why... For example, you're like, you have a film and you say it's a drama. So what does this mean? You have to, to cry all the way through. <laughs> I mean, that's not how it is. I mean, the experience for me that I want to convey is a human experience. And in life, you can actually burst out of laughter at a funeral because of the nervousness and because of the tension, for example. Right. And things are way more complex than this. And I personally need more tools to reflect that complexity. So I need like to work with like many different grammars, you know, yeah, to give the complexity of the human experience that I'm trying to build. So That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So, Valeska, was the interview everything that you hoped for? I mean, definitely bucket list material for sure. Oh, my She's gosh. She's so brilliant. Yes. I love Titane. Probably my number one film of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, highly recommend everyone go see it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's like next level. It's like the next of next level. It's like <laughs> super level. It's, I don't even know the words for it. And, you know, it's a film that doesn't have many words anyway. So just dance your way to the theater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Try not to fall on a knitting needle. <laughs> yeah, beware of anything with a motor in it and just have a great time.
Okay. So that is a brief mini episode of XOX Horror. Obviously, this is part of the larger Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad network. So make sure that you're checking out the other shows, give us a rate and review, and, you know, follow along with all of the handles. A-O-A-S underscore X-X. Squad.